This episode of Blaster Podcast is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. They ask us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. If you like this show, please support us by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash blasterpodcast. Previously on Muffed Movies, Highlander. We don't have to do this. Yes, we do, McCloud. Draw steel! He slashes that mother father's head. Connor McCloud gets enervated with the, a strange supernatural energy. Yep. Brenda, a police investigator, is snooping around the crime scene. She finds a clue. It's a four-foot-long fucking sword that was laying next to the decapitated guy. Ah, Highlander. The Kurgan attacks Connor McCloud. There can be only one. Sean Connery stands over him laughing. What you're feeling is the quickening. A man of substantial supernatural power. Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. McLeod, we're brothers. Sword practicing, log lifting. Loaf dropping. They psychically merge with a stag. I can feel this. It's called the quickening. They'll try to cut your head off. All immortals are impotent. Oh, by the way, that man that killed you is the Kurgan. If he wins the prize, we're all fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Lightning cut. McLeod's Scottish castle home. Ramirez is treating Heather to a luxuriant tale of his romantic escapades. So that I said to the woman, if you ain't got a sister, do you have a mother? (laughs) I swear it's true. The door splinters open. Heather, I need you to run away right now. I'll consider it. Heather starts gathering up all her important possessions. She spills her family photo album on the ground and being an obsessive compulsive has to put them all back into their individual sleeves in chronological order. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Oh, boy. Oh, Ramirez. The Kurgan steps forward in his ancient ceremonial leather garb. Ramirez, just without a second thought, just slashes his throat wide open right off the tip. Just... Gork! It seems the battle is over before it's begun. Or has it? Well, you son of a bitch. Now I sound even scarier than I did before. The Kurgan's throat just bursts. Blood is shooting everywhere and red hot fireworks of gore. Sean Connery is turned into a red Yoda with all the blood that is splattering. It begins to fill the house. It begins to fill the house and they have to go up the stairwell in order not to be overwhelmed in the gore and effluvia that are flying out of this Russian man's Heather's, throat. Heather's floating on the kitchen table using a loaf of bread as an oar trying to get out. <laughs> Meanwhile, C-3PO is desperately trying to shut down all the trash compactors on the detention level. Clink, clank, smank, flank. The Kurgan's once again explosive power sword is just blasting chunks of rock out of castle walls meant to withstand catapults and battering rams. Yeah, this makes absolutely no sense. As the sword fight progresses up and up the curving stairwell, giant hunks of the wall blast out. Or in. Blast out. Or in. Yeah, that goes both ways. Hey, man. This is a pretty progressive castle. (laughs) It was that kind of castle. You know what? I think this is one of those suicide castles that's lost its will to live. Yeah. And it's just waiting for any excuse. Yeah, it was like, this is as good as anything that's ever going to happen here. So I might as well really just go out in a a cloud of dust and glory. Uh, they are clattering their swords together. Sparks are flying. Rocks are ripping out of the wall. Heather is screaming, but not running away. 
Get nope. out! Get out of there, Heather! You need to leave! Guys, we can all see where this is leading. Yeah, it is a, a slow and, and painful process by which Ramirez has run through a couple of times. Ah! Is that all you got, you pansy? Wait, who's that girl over there? She's my woman. That's all you need to know. Mine. And apparently, since you and I have no enmity, you're not going to do anything fucked up to her. Wait, am I in the wrong in assuming <laughs> you're not going to do anything fucked up to her? Oh! <laughs> Suddenly, the Kurgan pulls Sean Connery's head off. Yeah, there's a, a de-quickening. Which, the, the, my first thought was, wow, he's up at the top of this rickety, destabilized wall and everything's going batshit crazy. And yes, the de-quickening knocks him off the wall, which it should have. Yeah, thank God. Like, after doing a crazy eye roll type deal, which this actor really oh, likes to do when he yeah. gets quickenized, uh, he, he gets all the energy from Sean Connery and then the stairs collapse in like yeah. a comedy thing. Yeah, whoops. So it's pretty cool. Seems like Heather's going to be okay. But she, you know, she's a she's a tender heart. She wants to make sure that the Kurgan is either totally okay or completely dead. Yeah. So the only way to do that is to rush up to right, right at that edge you can't quite see over. You know the one? Oh, I know that edge. Yeah, the, she runs up to it. The edge of darkness. Kurgan! The Kurgan's evil foot reaches out of the rocks. With its prehensile large toe and its yellow nails. I'm into weird foot stuff. <laughs> Smash cut! Nash's antique shop. Brenda marches in. Bold as brass. She doesn't give a fuck who sees her in there. I said Mr. Nash is not here right now. Bitch! Uh, I'm sorry, okay. Well, I don't care what you said. I'm here to Bing. see. Elevator opens. In walks Nash. It's just like when Darth Maul opens the elevator in the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Miss Money Penny, oh, no. it's fine. I will take you into my sanctum. <laughs> <laughs> Nash pulls off his half mask. He slowly rows Brenda into his <laughs> kingdom of the night, his circular rotunda of a room with artifacts from all ages of Western culture and a few Eastern artifacts. Yeah, for, for flavor. Yeah, just next to the snowshoes, he's got like a, a Buddha. Yeah. Close your eyes and let music set you free. That's the song I run. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Nash, I happen to be a musician. I like your dinner. <laughs> Excuse me? Do, do you want to go dinner? Like a restaurant or like at your house? Uh, <laughs> difficult to tell. <laughs> you saying you just want to come to my house? I'd like to go to your home. Oh, great. Okay. Hey, I would never, under ordinary circumstances, allow this. But let's say there's a force compelling me, like a Department of Justice kind of thing. <laughs> And I will acquiesce to your desires. Date cut! Brenda's apartment. She's all a dither. Oh, Mr. McLeod, please, uh, come in. Can I take your coat, your long, imposing trench coat? No, I will keep my coat on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's going down. <laughs> oh, why don't you just, um, you know, make yourself comfortable in the living room, the living room, and I'll fix us some drinks. I brought you a gift, a bottle that is appears to be wrapped in paper, but the paper, it just comes right off. It just 
It's like a shell. I just pulled it off the top of the bottle and it's done. Oh, is that like some nice wine or like a low alcohol beer that we could enjoy together? This is over Chateau nice... de Monologue, 1782. You did 1782 was an amazingly great year if you were there and living in it. You think we're going to drink this whole bottle of scotch? Is that... I really just wanted you to know that I know everything that happened in 1782. All right. What happened? Uh, Mozart wrote his third jingle. (laughs) Jingle Unchained? Shut up. You're you're doing okay. (laughs) Don't don't Uh, lose faith in yourself. Shit, shit. There was a tape recorder in that box over there that I was aware of. What? That wasn't one. Of th- oh, it's too late. Just drink. Highlander uses his Witcher vision, and the tape recorder lights up as an item that he can select. Oh, no. Brenda is outed. She's been bugging this whole conversation like a real Watergate. Yeah. Oh, and then he drops his killing blow. Unwrap the package I got for you. It's a book that explains I knew who you were all along. She unwraps the package and sees a scrapbook of images and lovely little stickers, all pointing to the fact that she is a police detective and knows all about sword history. There are photos of her spying on Chris Lambert. The and last... at the end is a mirrored sticker, which is a warped picture of her own face. And it says, Bad Lady Boo. Do you like my book? You could have just said you know that I have betrayed you. I always knew you were a cop. In a slowly leaking out cloud of the grossest, like, Halloween store fog machine (laughs) smoke, the Highlander oozes his way backwards and out of the door. (laughs) Goodbye. By the way, he did take his coat off later in that scene. Did he? Yeah. He just took it off like 40 seconds later. Did what? Did like his katana clink? Didn't have one. It's rolling out with no protection. Not a good idea on a first date, motherfucker. Right. All right. Flash cut to Scotland. Love montage. Where you see McLeod. Love and montage could be a Highlander. You move quite a well. <laughs> Uh, Connor McLeod returns to their rebuilt, perfectly rebuilt cabin. Yeah, like, like, oh, it's it's too bad that all that happened when I was in town. Out? It, yeah, he was just out for the night. But you know what? They were like, well, guess what? Let's just be mundane. Yeah. We'll they, just... they rebuild. They become normies, Netflix, and chill. Yeah. Uh, Connor McLeod returns with a, a... He gets into the whole dad bod thing. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's coming back. You know, he's got his hand full of logs. Uh, his wife is covered up in blankets on the bed. He lies down next to her and pats her back affectionately. She turns over. <laughs> ah, Connor, you never aged at all. I love you as much now as I did the first time I saw you. Oh, you're a good liar, but a bad lover. Wait, what? <laughs> you're no Kurgan. Anyway, <laughs> time to die. With with a ghastly medieval cough, she ejects her rheumatism. <laughs> and then my wife had died. Now I finally understand what Muez was talking about when he said how hard it is to lose a woman. Well, 
I guess it's time to burn down my house and just wander away. Rammstein records a music video at his house, and he walks away from the flaming Scottish cabin. Smash cut. New York. A bridge. But when- who's this on the bridge? Damn. That's one cool samurai motherfucker. Well, 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 if you hear my old friend, Castigear, Castigear, my <laughs> friend, it's been so long since we have seen each other. This dark-skinned man stands with maybe white robes. He might be a Jedi. Okay. so He's a Jedi with a gigantic, the size of a dictionary flask. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about Well, 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 what have we here? <laughs> It's me, Connor McCloud. Connor McCloud. Castigear, how long has it been? The last time you and I partied was 200 years ago. That's why. You got so drunk you challenged a pansy to a duel. We don't have to go over it. Did you know that man ended up shooting his manservant? I remember. That was kind of a macabre ending to an otherwise comical scene. Yeah, it didn't seem to make sense at all. Well... (laughs) Thanks for flask sipping with me on this bridge. Oh, Castigear, you never change. <laughs> Castigear wanders off into New York. Oh, looks like there's another immortal on the streets. Is uh, Connor going to have to fight him? I hope not. They seem like they're friends. Yeah, those guys seem like pretty cool with each other. Meanwhile, elsewhere in New York City, Frank Castle gets into his bitchin' Firebird Camaro. With Uzis and Mac-10s and shit. This former Marine is, like, driving around Manhattan, like, tweaked out on the crazy American crusade for justice? Yeah, he's got some, like, Nuke the Commies t-shirt. You know what? I would love to pretend that it was some sort of weird 80s thing. He's acting exactly the way people act are acting right now. That's true. <laughs> There's He's doing the exact same thing, just wearing a different t-shirt. He is an everyman. He is an everyman. The Punisher is driving around just looking for trouble when suddenly his puss gets wet. (laughs) (laughs) Because what does he see is a sword fight between a giant Russian and a dark-skinned man. They're fighting the fuck out of each other. Back alley sword fight. (laughs) He instantly locks into tactical mode. He throws himself against the asphalt and smears his body with asphalt camo. Asphalt camo. That's the name, that name again. He's got the asphalt camo. He's crawling around. Creeping, slurping, slurging around those dumpsters. He's doing his serpentine. (laughs) Meanwhile, Kurgan is just beating the fuck out of Castigar. Yeah. It's a bloodbath. Yeah, it, it, with before before Frank Castle, the Punisher, can even get halfway down the alley, it's already heads off Berg for Castigar. His his corpse is already dancing through the air. Dumpsters are bouncing off the walls, and once again, the Kurgan's eyes are rolled up into his head like a slot machine. Like he loaded two hard boiled <laughs> eggs in there. Yeah. Uh, I can only be one. Kurgan gets filled up with that sweet invisible juice, getting so high, all the windows burst out of the nearby derelict building. And now the Punisher takes his moment to light him up. Yep. He does. He will not stand supernatural activity on his block. Not on his watch. No, sir. That's un-American. So he takes his giant 
anti-aircraft gun and starts unloading on the Kurgan. But what's this? Kurgan don't give a fuck. The smoke has cleared and Kurgan still stands. Kurgan takes his evil tripart sword and stuffs it into the crust of the Punisher. Right between the teeth in his skull chest. Ugh. Like lifting him up with his sword. Yeah. This guy is impaled and humiliated. Then just whips him off the end like a turd off a stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tennis ball off of one of those dog ball throwers. Right. The guy slams into the wall and nearby rubbernecas look on in horror as Kurgan races towards an old person's station wagon and commandeers it GTA style. Just two old people just chugging along. That's weird. Maybe they're into weird shit. They were looking to score some heroin. <laughs> we're looking for strange. <laughs> Me and the missus, were, we're looking to ride the dragon this weekend. <laughs> Got a bit of a monkey on my back, and I don't want the missus to see me sweat. But little did they know the dragon that night would ride them. <gasps> Kurgan knocks the old man out of the car, and he takes the old lady on a hell ride. Inexplicably peeling the top of the car off, he like auto convertibilizes part of the top. Yeah, he likes to peel it. Yeah. And then the old lady, I think, gets on the hood of it. Yeah. Like, she, she makes it out on the hood of the car. She's sort of getting the fuck out of there, but <laughs> not really fully committing to it. This uh, crazy clown car ride is Kurgan's M.O. Oh, yeah. There's nothing he likes more than a hell ride through the city of <laughs> Chicago, of, of th through the streets of New York City. Not every city is Chicago. <laughs> No matter how much we want it to be. I think it's time, America, <laughs> that you opened up your doors to Chicagoness. Every city is now Chicago. Welcome to Chicago, Philadelphia. <laughs> Flash cut to a library or whatever. Brenda's talking to Nerdling or some guy who's hoping for a date and just is doing her all-night research for so her. According to my um, research, this uh, Nash character uh, was also known by other aliases throughout time. It's almost like the, he's the same guy and just changing his name and is immortal. <laughs> yeah, the nerd has no problems with this, by the way. He is completely convinced, yes, I found an immortal. Here's my computer proof. Yeah. And that seems to be all he cares about. He, he's not going to follow it any further. Nope. But he's absolutely certain he's found an immortal person. Probably going to follow Brenda for a while, though. That's true. And doesn't isn't there a thing where she's like, it's freezing in this library? And he's like, yes. No, I don't, I don't remember that at all. Oh. My maybe. brain saved me from that. <laughs> Sometimes you need to selectively forget. Yeah. Anyway, nerd tells her she, that McCloud is immortal. Surprise, surprise, motherfucker. Church cut. For some reason. Connor McCloud is in a church. Oh, he's lighting candles for Heather's birthday. Oh, that's right. In struts the Kurgan wearing uh, his traditional punk rock leathers. But now he's got like a, a left leather arm with like a super middle finger that just... Did you notice that? There's just a, no. a weird tube of leather hanging <laughs> off the left hand. The purpose of which was never explained. He seemed very like proto Marilyn Manson to me. Anyway, Kurgan shows up in the church. But let us not forget that this is Holy Land, and they may not fight. No. They're not it, even allowed to disagree. It's tradition. Says the ghost of Sean Connery. And well, also well, the well. ghost of Tevia. <laughs> Kurgan, is it my head that you have come to claim? Short answer, yes. Long answer. <laughs> All right, I'll be outside in the parking lot. If you want to get down and dirty, you dirty dog. But first, 
I want to terrorize some nuns, lick a priest's hand, do a little dance, and get down tonight. <laughs> Kurgan picks up a dropped candy bar that has ants on it and eats it in front of a horrified congregation. I just really want attention. See, I didn't get much from my old man. Maybe this is a story for later. <laughs> old cut. Nash's antique shop. We see the door twinkle open. Ding, ding, ding. Brenda marches in. She stuffs McLeod's secretary into a corner. <laughs> she forces McLeod into his reliquary, the rotund room. All right, motherfucker. I've got some weird data on you, and you better start talking. What's up with you and all your past aliases and that you seem to be immortal? I can explain everything with this tiny knife. I don't understand. He puts the knife into her hands. Now I need you to stab me. I'm not going to stab you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so much blood. <laughs> and there really is. Like, there is a lot of blood in this one. Just spouting, erupting Just, blood from his midsection. Slowly filling his, the little dent of his conversation pit <laughs> in his rotunda. I'm bloody, but I am not down for the count. Um, having a man willfully harm himself and implicate her by having her prints on the knife drives Brenda wild with erotic passion. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. So <clears throat> Brenda kisses him after gut-stabbing him fatally. Yeah. Blood all over the place. Yep. Cut to sex scene for no reason. Oh, classic 80s silhouette scene. Yeah, except she's a little less silhouette. Oh yeah, well I mean, you can see some Naples. You've 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 sat through a lot of movie. They owe you that. <laughs> but this romance is completely illogical. It's I as an adult human being, I find it very hard to believe. Yeah, the whole even there's a whole subplot with Miss Money Penny, who he rescued in World War II and has known he's immortal her whole life. Yes, his secretary saying that you you know you need to love someone, and hey, this girl is marginally interested in you, but probably just because her whole thing is swords and you've got a lot of swords. But <laughs> this seems as good as any reason to 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 dip your wick there, Chico. Zoo cut. McLeod is taking his new lady lover for a fun Sunday afternoon stroll through the zoo where his Highlander abilities set off every wild animal and make them insane with rage. <laughs> the monkeys are ripping each other apart. <laughs> the the lions. lions are biting each other. The sloths are slowly scratching each other. <laughs> McLeod holds Brenda's uh, hand as they look on at the animal carnage. <laughs> you know. After last night, which was so passionate and loving, I gotta kind of walk away. I can't be doing this. <laughs> um, it's, it's like I'm not in an emotional place right now where I can share my life because of the, the gathering of the quickening and the prize. Oh, I see. I see. So you'll sleep with me, but you, an immortal man who can commit to an entire infinite lifetime without death can't commit to having a relationship well i mean if you if ramirez has explained the quickening to you is there are any there are there any stags in this zoo come with me come with me i i can explain this if there's a stag here you know what we don't need a stag 
Because I can see that you, sir, are not afraid to die. You're afraid to live. <laughs> Connor McCloud slumps down to the ground. He hugs himself. By the way, in the background, the Kurgan is just standing in the middle of the scene watching them. Yeah, that honestly, that is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> Because it's genuinely like, what the fuck? <laughs> the Kurgan is there? And like, it builds tension. It's like a horror movie. Yeah. That's the only thing I like. When the Kurgan is watching me. Smash cut. Brenda's. She's back at home and she's just so mad. She's going to eat a whole pint of ice cream and, and blog. But there's no time. Because the door smashes open and in a crazy red light and punk exciting horror music Kurgan oh. comes in. Yeah, and it's all fisheye lens and her running through her, her house of mirrors apartment. <laughs> I can find you wherever you hide. And then they're playing the Kurgan's favorite tune. Primus. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're playing the Kurgan's favorite tune. Hell Ride. Hell right. <laughs> Hit pedestrians. <laughs> So yeah, there's there's another uh, terror terror drive through New York City montage. Yeah, this is really playing on the fears of 1980s people that they're gonna be car abducted by somebody mm -hmm. who will then drive recklessly. It's because of that punk rock. That damn punk rock anarchy. Yep. Huh. In the UK. Buh. Buh. Roof cut. Boom. Brenda is tied to a giant neon sign. This is obviously a huge set piece for a big fight. She is tied up like a damsel in distress. Uh, McLeod. Who's there? Connor McLeod somehow figures out. He quickens does, his way all the way there. What happens? Does Kurgan call him and tell him where? Well, the, the quickening is, is weird because, like, uh, Ramirez sensed the Kurgan before he saw them. But then the Kurgan was standing like five feet away from McLeod earlier and didn't know he was there. So it's like a real shit spider sense. Shit spider? Shit spiders. Those are the Ooh. worst kinds. Oh, God. Second worst kind. What's the first worst? Piss spiders. Oh, piss spiders. <laughs> it's eh? a piss spider. Oh, look, it's a piss spider. If only Spider-Man were around to save the day. But he's not. So McLeod, you know, does the one-handed up the ladder. He's trying to free his lady, not his, his ex. Ah, <laughs> uh, I wish I didn't break up with her. Now I got to save her. This is awkward because she's going to want that. You, you saved me sex. And I'll probably do it because I have low self-esteem. <laughs> Kurgan! Kurgan attacks poor little Chris Lambert. He's defending himself as best he can with Ugh. his... Sword. Hey, we don't need to do this. <laughs> we don't need to do this, man. That's never worked for him in all of it. <laughs> literally in all of eternity, that has never worked. Sparking swords. Ching, 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 ching. Kurgan, in a crazy weirdo rage, yeah. cuts all of the supports of the giant neon novelty sign apart. Yeah, he blew all of his super meter for the ultimate tornado attack and is just whirling, <laughs> whirling through the supports of the sign. He is uh, bayonetting the fuck out of these supports. The sign letters begin falling. And, like, if that was his plan, he's got, the, he's got Brenda tied up. Like, he's going to cut the supports and make her tumble to her death. Like, he doesn't make her tumble to her death. No. Like, Highlander isn't distracted by this, this whirling uh, destruction of the sign. 
It's just crazy rage. Yeah, and also, like, kidnapping the girl doesn't, I mean, maybe Heather. She was, like, his first girlfriend, but the guy's 400 years old now. Yeah. Like, the guy's had a one-night stand or two. <laughs> and this is, you know. She means nothing to me. I have a heart of stone. So, blam, and in all of this crazy carnage and, and sign destruction, the rooftop water tower is also toppled over oh, no. and because of the uh, you know back when americans worked hard and we had you know before obama mm-hmm. the roof was so well built that it instantly becomes an olympic swimming pool <laughs> back when americans cared about things like spackle that's right and tar paper uh yeah the roof floods and it's a crazy action figure set piece yeah kurgan and not Kurgan, are fighting each other with their swords. Sparks are flying. Neon letters are falling into the water. Yeah, there's explosions from sword contact. Then uh, Connor decides he'll use the water to his advantage and slips into the water invisibly. I'm like a beautiful eel. And the Kurgan, remembering his knee sword training, like does this like glub, 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 like 360 slow descent into the water. Which is, honestly, can't be more than two feet of water. Right, yeah, it is two feet of water. You have to, like, press your face sideways <laughs> to stay under it. These guys are adults in the kiddie pool, yeah. and they are trying to submerge to surprise each other. And now they now they are entering a game, deadly game of catfish and mousefish. <laughs> <laughs> um, suddenly, Kurgan does a surprise surface. He grabs Connor McCloud. The the fighting continues. A Kurgan like boots McCloud's sword. Boots McClocken. Like a hundred yards away. You see this sword. Yeah, just winging off one side of this gigantic warehouse. It is no less than 50 feet away. Mm-hmm. The Kurgan prepares the final killing blow. Yes, as he must. Right. He does his double-handed strong attack Mm -hmm. which as we've learned is a tactical error yeah opens with a strong attack and then brenda (laughs) plonks him in the back of the head with a pipe get away from him you bitch ripley shows up next to brenda with her flamethrower and power loader and grabs the kurgan by his pinned throat she tosses the Kurgan against a wall of boxes. Oh, Arr. but he was bleeding, and there's acid sprays all over the hydraulic tubing. <laughs> Ripley's power loader's tubes explode and force her backwards through the wall of the warehouse and out of the scene. She falls into another room that's filled with water that's only two feet deep, but she can't get out of the power loader. Oh, no. And is trapped. Oh, my God. Does she drown in there? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, she does. That's really dark. Meanwhile, McCloud has disappeared, so the Kurgan turns his attention uh, to Brenda. You know what's funny? McCloud's first girlfriend added all sorts of bad sex stuff to her, and she never told him. And now history might repeat itself, depending on h- how this fight goes, I guess. Uh, I'll just cut you in half. Uh, I'll keep the half I want. <laughs> so probably the, the lower one, but <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. For the third time in the movie, the Kurgan prepares the power attack. Yeah, both hands busy on the hilt of that sword, raising it straight up. And as the sword comes down to 
to cleave her in twain. It is met with the perfect anachronistic past future built by a, a Japanese savant blade of Don Villanoches Ramirez's sword. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was, I just fired, that was a broadside. I fired everything. Uh, in other words, Connor McLeod bashes the long sword away with his smaller, less dense katana. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah, with one, it was one arm full extension stopped. Eh, no. I never skip curls, dang. <laughs> uh, Brenda is delivered from her deathly fate and the katana with a fierceness. Fantastic foreness starts uh, attacking the Kurgan's blade anew. Ting, 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 ting. Connor takes a quick moment to to make a witty uh, joke talk to Brenda. I'm sorry, I tried to break up with you. I'm glad that you did not break up with a sword. Mm. Hey, I'm sorry that we had to split up in our relationship, but I'm glad that you did not split up physically. I'm glad you did not split up from the tit up. <laughs> Is that weird? Okay, let's fight. McLeod redoubles his efforts. I don't really remember how he gets the better of the Kurgan. I don't either, but he does. He yeah, does. Yeah, just it. like when the Kurgan got the better of Ramirez, it just kind of happened. Yeah, suddenly it's over for the Kurgan. Kurgan, it's over it's for Kurgan's. you. Kurgan's. <laughs> for the Kurgan. Connor McLeod slashes the Kurgan in his neck snaps. All of them unfurl. And he does a weird kind of laughing, like, I'm so evil, I don't care about my own death kind of deal. Yeah, his body reaches for its head for a second. Yeah, and then suddenly, out of the severed neck of the Kurgan, all sorts of crazy ghost lightning energy animation shoots out. Yeah, Boglins and, and <laughs> Grogox and everything comes flying out Minox. of it. it. It is literally, it's like night on Bald Mountain, but, <laughs> but Connor is, is, is Chernabog. Yeah, strange, ornate beasts from the nether realm grab the immortal. Scream, Connor. Scream for your life. <laughs> and he does scream. Yeah. He is lifted into the air, and he screams dumb shit like, I know everything. I'm Connor McClown. <laughs> uh, Connor's eyeballs burst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fade cut. Six months later. On the beautiful rolling hills of Western Ohio. We see Brenda. The Scotland of the New World. <laughs> we see Brenda sitting on a gingham blanket with a picnic lunch, enjoying some cheese and wine. Lying on her lap is the eyeless <laughs> Connor McLeod, still mostly brain dead from his horrible <laughs> supernatural experience. Twitching. I think I smell cheese. <laughs> Did you know that I am now not only horribly disfigured and injured, but I can feel pain and now die. No, I, I, I didn't know that. But good news, because of our relationship, I can make a baby and we will be genetically tied forever. Cool. 
Brenda looks out over Connor and sees the ethereal ghostly outlines of Ramirez and Heather laughing. <laughs> Wait, are they blue ghosts? Yes. Yub nub. This has been Muffed Movies! Dave, we did it! We muffed the Highlander. We did. An unenviable task. No. we Actually, I was really looking forward to it. I think people will envy this task. They probably will envy us. Yeah. Our names will go down in legend. We will be written about in song. Yeah, that was a blast. Uh, Highlander is a movie just begging for a remake, which apparently I, I did some internet research. I guess they're kicking it around. They should kick it harder. Yeah, they should kick it harder. For as, for as many things as are getting remade, with, with how people like to do martial arts now and stuff, I feel like Highlander would be a really great movie if they remade it. Yeah, or at least they could add a little bit more seriousness to some of the crazy. Yeah. They could take some of the uh, Animaniacs out of the ending. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to see Christopher. I'd like to see Christopher Lambert recast as the throat cutting priest. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> would be that great. Would, yeah, that would be a good place for him. I would like to see the guy from Three Hundred uh, as one of those peoples. Oh, Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. I would like to see the uh, the Kurgan as the priest who gets his hand licked later. That would be awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little fan service. Yeah, and I'd like to see Baby Metal do the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, Dave Stecco. Yes, Mark Zoloff. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yes. Uh, I host with the very extraordinarily talented and awesome David Flora, Blurry Photos. I also am the managing representation for Tabitha Hutchison and Betty Ebersol, who do uh, Candy Chat. And these are podcasts? They are both podcasts available on iTunes. Uh, Blurry Photos is a, a fun podcast about mysteries of the unexplained. And Candy Chat, as the name implies, is... Two middle-aged women who just love to eat candy. Eating candy. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I've never heard anything like Candy Chat. <laughs> I've heard few things like Blurry Photos. <laughs> I've never heard anything like Candy Chat. And I do Blastro podcasts. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're working on that. And uh, I will be in Chicago often enough to be available whenever you should ever raise the call. Ooh, will there yeah. be a Stecco signal? Yeah, it's just just lighting the roof of your building on fire. <laughs> I'll see it on the news and come out. <laughs> Jeez, sorry about your house, man. <laughs> that is encouraging to hear. Yeah. Uh... How about you, Mark? Do you have anything that you're plugging? Fuck. That swearing symposium. That's right. <laughs> I will be the keynote speaker on the uh, Pussy City Pimps. <laughs> <laughs> Fucktember, explosion. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, as usual. Um, if you guys haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. Not only do you get Muff Movies, but you also get the crazy science show, Blaster Podcast, and Rue Britannia reaching out across the pond to talk to our British friend, Grant Howitt. About I love those British. episodes, by the way. Thank you. Grant's a nice guy. He's, he's a nice guy. He's very creative, and he is awesomely patient with the Torre Bullard. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a good guy. I'd he like is. to meet him someday. In addition to that, please throw some stars on us on the iTunes reviews. And uh, as I probably mentioned earlier in this episode, we have a Patreon campaign. Please go to patreon.com slash blasterpodcast 
and check it out. If you think this show is worth a dollar, maybe donate a dollar. I, I won't suck your dick about it, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a thank you note. Uh, With anyway. a picture of him sucking your dick about it. <laughs> I'll write a brief fan fiction about me <laughs> sucking your dick if that's what you want. <laughs> Anyway, you guys, on that highbrow note, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening to Muff Movies. I've been Mark Soloff. I've been Dave Stecco. Thank you for listening. Good night. <laughs> Blaster Podcast is a proud member of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. If you like this show, you might enjoy some of their other podcasts, like Blurry Photos. Blurry Photos humorously sheds light on the shadowy topics of the world. From cryptozoology and the paranormal to conspiracies and the unexplained, Dave and David want you to learn something weird. So check them out.